Hey, Hope family, welcome back to our look at kindness this week. We're using this word kindness, but as we drove down deeper into it on Monday, we saw that we're talking about mercy. We're talking about a moral good that is done for the benefit of the other. God's kindness is done for our good. Namely, it is meant to lead to our repentance. We're going to take a look at a story from the life of Jesus that is probably familiar to many of you. It comes from John 8, 53 through chapter 9 and verse 11. This is the story of the woman caught in adultery. While God's kindness is shown on grand scale in the death and resurrection of Jesus, we see a zoomed in version of kindness that we are to display by looking at this story in Jesus's life. They each went to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law of Moses, we are commanded to stone such a woman. So, what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring up against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with a woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. What are we to take away from this story? We may never be put into a situation that unfolds with the same level of drama as the one that Jesus found himself in here. But we are faced with similar choices to show kindness every day. Jesus has brought a woman who we are told was caught in the very act of adultery. Either the man she was sleeping with was faster than her, or, more likely, the scribes and the Pharisees had little interest in bringing the man in front of Jesus. This woman is presented as a sinner, which she was, but she is presented in a simplified form. There's no story behind what led to the adultery. There's no story of what happened to the man she was sleeping with and why he wasn't present. Was she sinning? Yes. Does context matter even when it comes to sin? Yes. And none is provided for Jesus. Jesus is also presented with a binary option, this or that. The law of Moses says, dot, 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 what do you say? Put in other words, the Pharisees and the scribes are asking, should we kill her or don't you uphold the law of Moses? Are these really the only two options? Well, as we saw from Jesus's response, apparently not. Again, the specifics probably don't line up with anything you've experienced, but is this situation starting to feel familiar yet? Let's say you're at work and a coworker comes and tells you what your boss just said about a third coworker when they weren't around. Can you believe he said that? You're asked. What was said may be terrible regardless of context, but doesn't the context matter before you put your full weight of your judgment behind it? Or maybe a little closer to home. Mom, she hit me. Parents, you know that this is a situation that needs context, even if hitting is always wrong. Zooming back out a little bit. You can vote in November for the racist, or you can vote for Joe Biden. You can vote for the baby killer, 
or you can vote for Donald Trump. These statements are examples of both the first and second trap that Jesus was faced with. We are put in a position to make choices void of context. We simplify it down to the thing that is most important to us. For the scribes and the Pharisees, it was, this woman is a sinner and a sinner worthy of death. When it comes to our political arguments, it's, this person is a racist, this other person is not. Or this person is pro-life, this person is pro-choice. And so we boil it down to the thing that matters most to us, and then we make others choose based on those two choices. We are put in a position to make choices void of context, and we are handed a false binary. Is it really this or that? Can there be a third creative option like we saw with Jesus? How does Jesus respond to these traps? With kindness. This, for The first way... Jesus shows kindness is to the woman, and I think it's obvious, and we'll get there. But I believe Jesus's kindness here extends to the scribes and the Pharisees. Presumably, if Jesus said to stone this woman, these men would have stoned her. This would have done harm to their own souls. They would have continued to be puffed up in their own ideas of how the world works. They would have continued to dehumanize those whose sins were different and more obvious than their own. Jesus's kindness to the woman was also kindness to them. An invitation to repentance. Imagine now being this woman, facing sure death. And then Jesus, this rabbi, challenges your would-be executioners, and one by one, they drop their stones and they walk away. This kind rabbi approaches you and says, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Only the hardest of hearts would be unchanged by this display of kindness. As we are faced with incomplete pictures of reality and false binaries, let us not play the game that the world tells us we have to play. Let us not play by the rules the world tells us we need to play by. Jesus may have been called weak or soft on the issues that really matter after this moment. And when you respond to difficult choices with kindness, you might also be told that you are being weak, that you're not strong on sin, that you don't care about the things that really matter. But if your kindness can lead others toward repentance, isn't that a sacrifice you should be willing to take? Jesus, I thank you that you were a kind rabbi. I thank you that you are a kind rabbi, that you continue to show us kindness as Paul says in Romans, that while we were enemies, while we were deserving of death, you instead died for us. We are that woman who was caught in adultery. And you are still the rabbi who says, I, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be changed and that we would show the same mercy, that we would show the same kindness to others who maybe by the world's standards are deserving of our scorn, our punishment, our contempt, but instead that we would show kindness, mercy, and love. 